You are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Social Hotelier Podcast with me, Sam Eric Rutman. I'm excited to announce we are attending one of the largest hospitality investment conferences held in Berlin, and also Echo Resort Network event held in Montenegro. The next episode will specially be dedicated to the news and updates from these events. Now on with today's episode. This week we have Hilton Lipkin, the general manager for Garia Mugang Chai and Hom Tule in Vietnam, which is part of the Banyan Tree Group. Welcome, Hilton, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Sam, Eric. Fantastic to see you. Fantastic to be here. Honored to be a part of this podcast, and thank you very much. Well, it's, uh, I always enjoy following your, your tracks a little bit, what you are doing, and uh, we have been involved in many uh, things, such as Hospitality of the Future Think Tank, and we had a <laughs> podcast, so for all the viewers, I recommend they take a look at one of the old... Uh, previous podcasts uh, or episodes, you can see it on YouTube, where we had a very interesting discussion with Hilton. But uh, let's talk about a little bit now about you. First, I think for our audience who haven't watched these episodes before, to get some background, can you tell me a bit about your professional experiences in hotels and spas and about the latest move joining the or rejoining the Banyan Tree Group? Yeah, correct, rejoining. Um, so yes, I, I, I won't go into too much detail because I think that might take more than an hour. Uh, it's been many companies and, and many countries around the world, but, um, to give it in a, in a basic, um, way, um, I started my hospitality voyage in the spa and wellness sector where I worked for some Asian companies around the world, uh, in spa and then, I actually landed up working for Banyan Tree uh, in some of their projects uh, almost 10 years ago uh, in the Middle East and then actually in Mauritius. I subsequently left uh, Banyan Tree and worked for other companies around the world, but I moved more into hospitality as um, in housekeeping and then in sales and then as an EAM and then general manager of my last few hotels that I've worked in. And out of the blue, got contacted by Banyan Tree and asked me if I would like to come back to join the company. And uh, I have been asked if I could run these two properties in the north of Vietnam. So after 10 years, I am back at Banyan Tree, this time from a general manager's perspective and not a, a spa and well-being perspective, although the country's key focus is spa and well-being, so I really feel at home. And it's fantastic to be back at a company that shares so many of my personal values and ideas on how hospitality should be. So I'm a happy man, and it's I think everything happens for a reason. I'm very excited to be back with Banyan Tree Group. Well, you, you said it right. I mean, I think the, one of the very important parts is that when you work or you have, a, so to speak, a, a partnership or association with a company that you are sharing uh, the similar values. And I think uh, I had the privilege also to work 
uh, with uh, not with the company directly, but when I worked in Thailand and on Phuket Island, uh, the owner of the property I managed was uh, the Banyan Tree Group. So I, I learned quite a bit during that period of time. So I, I know exactly what you are talking about. And I know that uh, you are quite passionate about uh, the values like <laughs> such as sustainability. So could you speak about your approach to this principle? Particularly, I'm interested how you're dealing it where you have a new hotel coming up and uh, it's so important that many hotels that are up and running, when they're thinking about sustainability, they think, yeah, okay, let's, uh, let's remove the plastic straws bit. And, uh, but now when you're having a chance to open a new uh, hotel resort, then uh, you, are, you have a, a different approach in, way, in many ways. So could you just talk about that? It would be very interesting to learn about this. Um, 100%, I agree with you. And I think it's our responsibility as hoteliers to, to try and do everything we can. Um, my wife always says to me, I'm obsessed and I, I'm, I'm dreaming, but I still think that by um, pushing the the elements forward and speaking to people and creating more awareness, change can definitely come. Um, a funny story is the project manager, the other day we were visiting the property and there were some trees covering one of the views. And I said to him, ah, he said, yeah, we, we need to move those trees. And I was like, wow, that's really, really not good. What are you going to do? And he said to me straight away, no, 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 no. I will dig down, lift up the trees and relocate them to another location. And for me, that was, wow, this is, this is really, we're going in the right direction. The project manager won't just cut down a tree because there has to be a beautiful view from one of the rooms. He will actually relocate the tree. And that is the essence of what this is all about. You know, we're coming in and we're building these properties. Yes, of course, we have to destroy some of the, the natural fauna and flora to get the building in place. But when the project manager or the, the, the promoting company or the building company have that mindset of saying, well, how many trees can we keep and can we relocate them? That is really what it's all about from a building perspective. So that, that that's just a, a story I can share with you, but it really, really, really highlights what it's all about. And that's what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think resort owners and developers have really come to terms that uh, that they are even more dependent on preserving the natural, uh, natural and cultural attractions of a place. And uh, I opened hot some hotels like you have in the past. And the thing is that uh, it all starts, let's clear, the, let's clear the land and start to build. And then you, you destroy all the beautiful uh, uh, vegetation that has been put and you put some topsoil and start to plant some small trees. And it is not the best experience when you talk about you have an eco resort so I really I'm very happy to hear the approach uh, that you you are having in this case. But uh, how 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 will this now? When you talk about sustainable, you are now in the in the, in a phase where you are, you are a hiring process and you're opening up end end of the year. Uh, how do you see that's going to be related to the the guest experience, for instance, which is the reason why people might be choosing not only because of the beauty of the area, but specifically. Uh, experience the, the the hotel i mean i think that more and more people traveling around the world are looking for properties that are 
um, wellness or environmental wellness or sustainable or regenerative orientated. I think the public is starting to see that. So many properties around the world are starting to use that as a unique selling point and are kind of walking the walk and talking the talk. Yes, there is a lot of greenwashing out there, but in our case, the property is very unique. Um, most of the products are sourced around Asia, if not Vietnam. Hardly anything comes beyond the borders of Vietnam or uh, of Asia, sorry. So, I mean, that's definitely what we call a storyline where we would tell people, you see this building, but that desk comes from the farmer around the corner who grew the wood. And then, you know, we helped him plant more trees and then he made the table kind of story. So these things are very important, which... We will explain because, again, the, the Banyan Tree Company ethos is very much about sustainability. So everything we do is for a reason. Um, you mentioned before the plastic straws. It's now kind of a given, but unfortunately, there's still many places that still do have plastic straws and plastic bottles in their rooms and, and all these things that go with it. So I think, again, like I mentioned before, it's our responsibility to make these small changes and then educate our team, our associates, because they need to walk the walk and talk the talk, as I mentioned, and then obviously our guests as well. So having many different activities with the local people and within the property, planting trees and doing things. So people can understand as well that it's not just an advertising line in your web page or in your Facebook page or whatever it might be. It's actually part of the DNA. Yeah. Could you explain a little bit about the brand? Because the brand, the sure, sure. brand, which is now... In, in the question is a brand that uh, uh, relatively new uh, because I, I know from the previous years the, what the, the type of brands that Banyan Tree have has. But uh, tell me about this uh, uh, brand of um, Garia. Garia, yeah, that, because it sounds. I read, I went to the <laughs> website and I got wow, fantastic. Tell me. <laughs> so I think as you and I both know, Banyan Tree is not not the company that sits back and accepts what, what, what's going on or, or the status quo. It's always been a company that has been looking forward and, and trying to develop. Um, I mean, you mentioned that uh, way back when, when you were in, in, in Laguna, in, in Phuket, that there was so much of a, st a sustainability element and nothing has changed. So Banyan Tree now has grown and developed more brands um, Funnily enough, when I worked for them 10 years ago, the, the mindset was to reduce the amount of brands and concentrate on what we have. But somehow that changed. So um, there are many brands now. Obviously, Banyan Tree and Ansana are the two key brands of the company. But Garia is the well-being brand. So the, the concept of Garia is what they call minim minimalistic living and well-being that are infused together. So the property is simple but beautiful, and there is very much an, a flair of well-being. That can also be physical, mental, or environmental, which for, in my case, I hopefully will be all three. So that's where the Garia concept comes from. It's a fairly new brand. Um, there's already, uh, I think, two Maybe don't quote me on this, but I'm saying it live so people will see it. There are, okay, let's put it like this way. In Japan, there's already Garia, and um, there will be a few in Vietnam, and it is growing around the world as one of the strategic well-being brands of um, Banyan Tree Group. Yeah, I think uh, the way you describe the brand is about the sign of times, how 
in the time we are living now and the generation uh, that is traveling, uh, because I, 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 can relate, I can relate to this, and, and when I people talk to people who are uh, thinking about when they're looking for a destination, I think there are things that they're looking for. So I think when we talked about what may have changed since the time you worked last with the Banyan Tree and I worked there ages ago, you know, our, we had market segments. We talked about individual traveler. We talked about uh, leisure segment, if you will. And you have a group travel. You had all these different segments. But now I think uh, the discussion has changed to, it's related to what kind of values and preferences and lifestyle that people have, regardless are they uh, traveling on business, but they actually decide to stay with you and do uh, work there while and in oh, but the family enjoys some holiday time. So in that sense, uh, it kind of fits the the uh, the time we are living in. That's what you're doing. Correct, correct, correct. Um, it was really interesting. There was a Booking.com um, research paper that came out recently, and um, they gave many statistics of the different segmentation, as you mentioned. Within, um, within the travel industry and the wellness travel or sustainable travel has grown exponentially. And I think the statistic, if I'm correct, was 53% of the people booking on booking.com uh, are more interested in sustainable travel than other segmentations. I understand if it's a group, then one person's making that decision. But from a leisure perspective, people are more interested in properties that have some type of ethos towards sustainability and environmental wellness. So that's very, very encouraging and very positive to see. So it means it's important that people understand what we're doing. And I think it's also important that we're doing it. Um, so people can understand as well that, you know, one of the biggest problems with travel is the aeroplanes. So we do everything we can to reduce the, the carbon footprint and rejuvenate and, and re recycle and reduce and everything we can on the triple R. But it doesn't matter because people are flying across the world on an aeroplane and the CO2 emission from that plane is monstrous uh, next to what we do. But we have to try and create some type of balance because that travel will still happen. So, um, you know, if there's some way that we can reduce carbon footprint from our side, it definitely helps. Yeah. Um, something, some, yeah, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, so, something that uh, it, it probably come in your next question, so I'm probably jumping in front of you here, is, but my, my philosophy is uh, PPP. Um, it's very simple. It's um, people, planet, and then profit. And or it could actually be planet, people, and then profit. But the most important thing is that profit is lost. And we are starting very, very minimalistically, or not enough, should I say, that's not the right word, of people starting to see this. Uh, and with all the carbon credits and the bank loans and everything that's coming through internationally and globally, people, planet, and profit is definitely coming to the forefront. And again, I mean, I don't want to just push Banyan Tree because I'm working for them again and it's a great company, but straight away, that's the first thing that hit me on every person I spoke to in the company is people, planet, then profit. Every single person in every area. So I think if I had to give out one recommendation to anyone out there in the hospitality industry, 
consider your people or the community, consider the planet, and then consider your profit. Obviously, as a general manager, we're responsible for profit, but those elements should be part of the whole game. Yeah, I mean, there's also that, I read the same article uh, about, about that uh, Booking.com had, and, and um, one of the things that I, two things that came out of that, what I, besides what you mentioned, is that they have a uh, badge which were there to certify a hotel that they are fulfilling the sustainable uh, criteria, which is expected, and you cannot buy this. I mean, I know it has been, these are these kind of certificates, whether it's been a turtle or a uh, uh, or a leaf or, or a pigeon or whatever the symbol has been has been going on for years and you know that uh, or a turtle but I think this is the uh, I think the the, the booking.com is such a powerful uh, sales channel and the way they're going to do it evidently is that you have to uh, prove and they will inspect you like uh, the leading hotels over the world check their hotels that they have all the tick all the boxes and they can truly be uh, giving that uh, their badge, and then, then also you're getting sort of a preferential uh, position within the uh, the properties they're selling. So I mean uh, that came very clearly out for me, and 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 uh, I, I'm looking very much forward to see how how this is evolving. But then, uh, what I would like to also lead is that uh, you, we talk about sustainable and uh, sustainability and operation, and now. Uh, I'm looking very much forward when I'm going to the hotel investment conference, uh, and it actually mm. follows a question I have for you because now you start to hear people are not talking about sustainability as much as they're talking about regenerative. It's not enough that you are uh, you are sustainable, but you have to do something to give something back, and and so uh, it can be a little bit of a terminology became, can be a little bit complicated. What's the difference between a sustainable operation and regenerative operation? Um, and any thoughts on that? How uh, you can consider me to be a five-year-old and uh, tell me what, what is the difference between a sustainable operation and regenerative operation? I think, it, it, yes, it's another terminology that has crept in. And it is confusing to certain people. So now you want me to be sustainable. You want to be environmental friendly. You want me to be rejuvenating. You want me to be um, uh, regenerative. There's, there's many different terminologies that come in, in carbon footprint. and so, so people are definitely confused. I think at the end of the day, there's one objective, and that is to protect the environment or to protect the, the, the area we're in, the planet, and, and things that... The, the places that we use for for running our hotel. So for me, it's very simple. No plastic straws, reduce the plastic and try and get rid of all those, those elements, which I think everyone understands and is doing. But then how can you recycle your waste? How can you find better ways to either recycle your water or use your wastewater for something else? How can you um, grow some products and then use them on your property instead of sourcing locally, I hope, but not nationally or internationally, which is creating more of a carbon footprint. So it's a, it's all about using what you can within the area that you're in. Again, going back to people, planet and profit. So if you can support the local community, you have a closed circuit. 
So they're growing the fruit. It's coming to your property or the vegetables. You're using them in your property. They are supported. You getting from the guests, and it's all local instead of something international. So that, that would be kind of a closed circle. And then again, they could give you fruit and vegetables, and then you could give them your waste. So not only are they giving you the fruit and vegetables from the local community, but then the waste is going back to them for fertilizer or for their pigs, whatever it might be. So that would be a closed loop in a, a regenerative way. Another way is um, helping planting trees. So yes, we cut down the trees because we help in the local community because that's their money. But then they go back and plant those trees so the hotels can be involved in something like that. And then they can be giving back to the community or giving back to nature. Um, I mean, you can go on for hours and hours and hours. There are different ways of growing things instead of just, you know, letting the land dry. You can, you can churn it and you can add your waste to the ground for the grass and the trees and things like that. Um, you can use the products from your property as decoration or you could be selling flowers from the property to the local community so i mean it's endless and there's a lot of things you can do instead of going outside to source and all of these come back to the same thing it's 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 regenerative or it's environmentally friendly to reduce the impact that we produce when we try and have a guest come stay with us does that kind of answer the question? I think uh, we could have a very different uh, an episode about this topic, but I think you covered the basis, which is very, very good. Well, thank you for that, Hilton. Um, <laughs> yeah, we talked earlier about uh, the kind of travelers you're expecting, but anything you'd like to add on uh, the kind of uh, travelers that you are uh, expecting to welcome to to Garia Mugang Chai uh, eventually when it's open? Um, actually, it's really interesting because what, what we've seen up here in, in, in the mountains is a lot of people that like nature. I mean, if you're going to go to Ho Chi Minh City or, or a coastal town in Vietnam, you want the beach, you want maybe entertainment. I won't go into detail with what entertainment is. But when you come into the mountains, um, it's a completely different mindset. And I, I'm seeing that in the guests. Yeah, yeah they, they're really enjoying the serenity and the quietness and the fresh air and the beauty and the lack of traffic, which there is none, um, in this area. So I think I've spoken to the, the, the sales team here. We really, really try to push that natural um, environmental wellness aspect. So because that's what I'm seeing. I've actually seen, wow, I've only been here almost two months, um, a couple of people cycling. Um, there was a couple from uh, Switzerland, not, not, not young, and they did 2,000 kilometers through the mountains cycling on their bicycles. I think, I think the gentleman was a lot more enthusiastic than his wife, but um, they, they, they spent uh, nearly, I think, 20 days riding through the mountains from Laos over the mountains into Vietnam and then on their way to Hanoi. They spent four days with us just relaxing. We also have hot springs on this property, so they relaxed in the hot springs. So... It was really, really nice to see people that actually not only are they enjoying the nature, but they're actually traveling through and not producing any carbon footprint. So it really goes hand in hand with what we're trying to do here. And it's not the only one I've seen. I've actually seen one or two of those. So the people coming through here are generally more in touch with um, well-being elements in their life. It's also the only property for the moment in this area with a certain standing. So 
if people are coming this way, they're going to stay here. So that's good for me, but it doesn't necessarily cover the demographic that we're looking for. But um, I think more and more people like to be out, especially from Hanoi, because that is our main target. And Hanoi is a fairly highly polluted uh, city. So people get out and we don't have pollution. Uh, our pollution is clouds and birds. So it's absolutely very, very beautiful. So I think more and more we will see those kinds of people coming out. And that's those are the people we will market to. Yeah. I mean, I, I had married that Swiss couple for doing <laughs> that. Um, but they are, they are, they are really uh, something else that's very interesting. And I, and I have friends who, who are... Uh, like biking and also do, who do very long long trips and then this is comes it's a, it comes natural to them and then and it's very nice to see that they they are considered the, the location of in Vietnam as the place for or a larger trips to to see that that part of the world that's uh, that gives them a, a different uh, scope of what the, the area can offer and what they can learn from there yeah, correct. M m many people say that traveling on an airplane, um, you can be flying over any country in the world. It doesn't matter. You land, you go from airport to airport, and then people tend to say that on a train you get to see the environment, but on a bicycle, that's another whole level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, this is uh, un this is maybe not so. Uh, I have a little bit of a tech question because uh, I mean, it doesn't quite fit into our conversation here, but I thought I'd throw it in anyhow. Uh, so I'm quite keen on, uh, I love technology when it's used rightly and uh, and the only way to keep up uh, with the new demands of travelers is to keep with the latest uh, and the greatest from that point of view. And whether it's uh, giving the guests the chance to do self-check-in or digital concierges, or you have a, a concierge uh, who hyper-personalize your visit before you arrive and or keyless entries. So I'm curious to get your view on automation in hotels. And uh, do you think it, this is the way of the future? Is the less human contact or is there a happy medium? What is your thought, Hilton, on this? Wow. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult one. There, there are pros and cons. Uh, personally, um, I'll give you an example. This afternoon, I was talking to my front office manager and I was saying to her, you know, why do we need to have all this paper in the room and why do we need to advertise around the world? Let's just create QR codes and we can host all the information on the cloud and then guests can get all this information at any time. It will make our lives easier. So replying to your question, the digital technology can definitely enhance our operations and create an easier flow for guests to communicate with us or maybe find out information instead of picking up a phone. But the flip side of that is exactly what I just mentioned, picking up a phone. We are in the hospitality segment. Hospitality is being hospitable. It's communicating with people. It's getting to know people. So if we go into this QR code me in and QR code me out and QR code me pay and QR code me order and QR code me guest comment, it's, did you actually stay in our property? Ah, Sam, Eric, ah, I saw your QR code. You number 25643 and you enjoyed your stay. That is very sad. Uh, I'm happy you enjoyed the stay. I'm happy we made some money and you enjoyed everything. But 
that's not hospitality. That's just lodging when you were on your way. So I'm exaggerating, but I think there needs to be a fine line between how much electronic you install for facilitating your operation and how much you do not do so enables you to talk. The culprit is COVID. This just exploded with post-COVID situation where we don't want to touch, we don't want to see, we don't want to be close to each other. These guys jumped on the bandwagon and so they should have and came up with these very simple user-friendly technologies and the hotel industry just gobbled it up because it's so much easier. Um, So there are pros and cons. I say yes, but a balance. Uh, I say no because we need to still speak to people, meet people and find out who they are and how we can help them instead of just looking at a line on a screen somewhere. So yes and no. Uh, pro and con, do it, don't do it. So I don't answer your question at all because I'm for and against. (laughs) Well, you know, my attitude is that whatever happens to the, to the travel before they actually arrive physically, I would put, I I would enhance the digital aspects, meaning that gives them a chance to chance to experience uh, the beautiful location in advance from the, from the couch or they can, uh, have a contact with someone who can give them a personalized itinerary for them, and 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 suddenly you find out that your digital concierge knows quite a bit about you already than than you have told them. But because they have access to all the uh, tracks that you have left behind you on on Google or or Microsoft, but then once you really arrive, I I I, I do not like tech that has to be visible. It has to be Face to face, I don't like have uh, uh, our checkouts where you go into a, a kiosk and check out. I don't like that idea either. I mean, I, I, right, I'm, I'm right, with you right. there. So for me, the, the the red line is that once you arrive to the property, it should be uh, really uh, the hospitality yeah. of uh, having somebody who will uh, look after you or you you've been looked after the way you expected. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. There are advantages. We both agree. Yeah, but um, you have to find that fine line. Yes, sure, sure. So when we talk about hospitality, uh, your definition of hospitality has that changed uh, throughout your career, or has it always been the same? Because it, I was asking myself that question when I started the, my career. What did I consider to be hospitality, and then what I consider to be now? I found that it has along the my journey it has changed a little bit. But what is it? Before I tell you what mine is, could you share yours? <laughs> um, I think nothing's changed in the fact that I meet very interesting people and get to talk to them and discover people from all over the world. Uh, again, satisfying every guest is not easy. Nothing's changed. So that part is not really enjoyable. But finding solutions and making people is enjoyable. I think what's changed in my life is that when I joined the hospitality industry, it was what I just explained to you, meeting people, talking to them and 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 hosting them. But of late, I have grown much more of a passion towards environmental wellness or environmental hospitality. So I really maybe focus too much on that when I see a guest is how can I educate them? How can I help them? Or how can we do something to enhance or something like that? So my answer is my passion towards communicating with people and hosting people has definitely not changed. 
but my element of using this platform in the hospitality industry to promote a greater message in terms of sustainability and environmental wellness has definitely changed. I might abuse it too much, but I definitely think it's a great platform. And when you have companies and guests and people who like to talk about it and embrace it, that's definitely an element of hospitality that I'm enjoying very much at the moment, but still talking and discovering people. Yeah. How about well, you? When I started uh, my, my career as a receptionist of a small hotel, I, I, had, I still have my notebook left. Behind. I still have it where I kind of noted some notes uh, about uh, what I thought was hospitality. I did use those terms. But the first sentence I wrote was, uh, like it sounds like cliche, customer is king. That was my right. first sentence when I started. And, and then I, had, I wrote an expression which is uh, freely translated from Finnish to English is that uh, we don't sell no, meaning uh, we don't sell no, we don't have, or we don't, meaning that uh, you always find a solution for when the guest needs something or you offer an alternative. So that was my way of thinking because it was very common uh, that the guest asks something from you and then, or if it happened, that you said, well, you know, sorry, we don't have that. It was sort of the kind of, for me, it was already off-putting when I started my career and I, I always looked for the ways to offer alternative. But uh, looking 50, uh, fast forward 50 years, <laughs> uh, what has happened for me in my career is that uh, I look at hospitality, I still look at this, that the same thing, but I, I look at uh, hospitality being community. I think it has yes. to do with what... Uh, uh, changed uh, what, what my uh, involvement in hospitality has changed from being uh, working uh, behind a desk or being managing hot. Even that when I started to manage hotels, community became very, very important because I, I was relying on uh, the cooperation and also the friendship from the community because we were known to have a gate which separated uh, the hotel hotel guests from the community. And I, I, I always am in favor of breaking down the different barriers, whether there's breaking down a barrier or having, not, not having a, a front desk anymore, because I think that is off-putting to having a high wall which separates the community from the hotel. So uh, the hospitality has a, mean, a, a larger meaning, which has to do with embracing the community, because the, uh, you are dependent on, on the success of the hotel and and guests are curious. They want to. Uh, they want to learn about the community, and they don't mind staying maybe one night in a, in a small hotel or small building, uh, which is uh, part of that community because it gives you a different vibe. And it seems to be that what you have. I mean, you have a, a different uh, uh, small operation which is currently operating, which you can offer, isn't it? A hundred percent. You said it so well. It's We have a platform and we have the opportunity to help people in the local communities um, to do something beyond what they normally would do um, and grow within our industry and, you know, not forcing them. But if you do have a beautiful five-star hotel with a wall or without a wall in a community, so often they hiring people from the big cities, from other countries, and it's not bringing anything to the local community to the point where they're not even buying any goods from the local community. So I couldn't agree with you more. It's our responsibility to really um, nourish and utilize and help support the local community around every property because 
that is key. Back to people, planet, and profit. And the people is the community. It's everyone around you. So I definitely agree with you 300%. That, that is such a key, important part that some people, unfortunately, lose sight of. And that, 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 that is what it's all about, for yeah, sure. Yeah. You mentioned environmental wellness. Uh, uh, what does it mean? Uh, and can you give some practical tips for the audience? Uh, what, uh, maybe the definition or practical tips on environmental wellness? I, I, I key that term. Um, I don't know if I invented it, but when I hashtag it, they're not that many, so maybe I did. Um, for, for me, we're always talking about per, personal wellness or mental wellness. It's very much about I, 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 I. And then we talk about sustainable and about helping the environment and helping the community. So I kind of just link them together and I call it environmental wellness. So basically, it just means everything we've been talking about on this conversation, looking after the, the earth, looking after the fauna, the flora and the nature, looking after the local communities from a wellness perspective. Um, I've, I've started when, when I see people, when I follow some things on LinkedIn, where people talk about sustainability and forestation and different things. I always write there, I go, environmental wellness should be as important as personal wellness. We all spend thousands and thousands of dollars and time on our personal wellness without thinking about it. But we always consider environmental wellness and they should be on exactly the same level. Because if we don't have the environmental wellness, it doesn't matter whether we're healthy or not, we're going to have some problems. It's yeah. going to rain for 10, 10 days or it's going to snow or it's going to be freezing or it's going to be too hot. So in a nutshell, environmental wellness is everything to do with people, planet and profit and adding the word wellness on from a perspective to make a change in your life, be the change, make the change, like you say, cliches. But, um, you know, just promoting people to, to get that into their minds and make it part of their, their, their daily routines. Very good. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, one guess that I, one, one question that I like to ask all my guests, besides what we have talked about, uh, is that what other trends do you see happening in hospitality that hoteliers should take note of? It's a vast question. Uh, there, there's a lot going on in the industry. I think everything that we've touched on, and that's why th this conversation is important, is definitely environmental wellness in hospitality is a growing trend. It's a growing importance. It's an expectation from, from many guests. So I definitely think for me, that's the, 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 the top of the echelon. Then of course, um, the way people are building, uh, where they're building, how they're building. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people are just, yeah, I, I don't want to use the word greed, but it, it's still out there. So it's to make the best or the biggest or the, the most romantic or the highest or the sexiest or the, you know, so, so unfortunately that's all going to grow, but that, that will be the trend. That's social media where you'll have this bar and this building or the highest and everything. But from a trend perspective, I think um, nothing's really changed that much. You still have your honeymoon destinations. You still have your out of town city, whatever it might be, different destinations. So um, a difficult one to answer. I mean, I, I work on other um, groups in terms of travel trends, um, but that's not so much hospitality. That's more travel trends where we're seeing more people in uh, spiritual and religious travel. We're seeing more people in 
um, what's the one that was the other one that was really interesting the other day, digital detoxing, which is the exact opposite of the question you asked me uh, a couple of minutes ago. So all those kinds of things are definitely creeping into hospitality. But at the end of the day, they all little elements of environmental wellness. So I, I, I would say, I mean, I'm, I may sound like a broken record, and I always talk about the same thing, but I definitely think that it's a massive trend with, within the industry at the moment that people are looking for. So everyone should embrace it, use it, and uh, to their advantage, make the world a better place. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a very uh, good way to, to put it, Hilton. Um, I also, I mean, uh, it's very interesting, the environmental wellness, when you talk about it, I think that's uh, something I'm, I'm going to start to use this more elaborately. I haven't no. used the word, uh, but uh, and I, I have heard you have talked about it and now you again explain it so now i get it <laughs> thank you for that so okay uh, uh, what i would have uh, what i would like to then finally ask you that if people are interested to find out more about your professional activities uh, how can they find you uh, whether it's uh, the hotel itself or or just want to connect uh, because you are doing a num number of initiatives in 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 your professional life um honestly I'd love for people to join me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. Uh, I click on everybody. Uh, I think the best way to communicate for me, the easiest way is on LinkedIn. So feel free just to type in Hilton Lipkin and find me. There are not many Hilton Lipkins around, so it's an easy one. And uh, we can communicate. We can share information together. Um, I was at a conference in Saigon um, two weeks ago, and a lady came up and hugged me, and she goes, oh, how are you? And, and I was like, I really don't know who this lady is. And I felt very, very, very bad. And actually, she's someone who's been following me on LinkedIn, and we've been communicating on LinkedIn. And then she came, and she said, that it came out in the conversation, but it was, so yeah, please join me on LinkedIn, and we, we can hug each other when we meet face-to-face. -face. Very good. On that note, uh, thank you, Hilton, and I appreciate that you joined today today's episodes and thanks for all the fantastic insight and uh, best of success with the opening of the new property. And I hope the, this episode in a small way helps to uh, give some inspiration for people to, when they plan the next holiday to come and visit you. Definitely. Come to Vietnam. <laughs> thanks for joining us this week on the Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website, b8bhospitality.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we appreciate rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.